Hello guys and gals, how you doing? Today I'll be talking about an awesome way to start your free podcast, and I mean free, no catch, no gimmicks. It's totally free, easy to edit, easy to record, and easy to promote and monetize your podcast. It's called Anchor.fm, and I highly recommend you guys and gals, check it out, and start your own podcast, let your voice be heard. And also, don't forget to listen to Wild Dog Podcasts, and tell them that I sent you and that you hear it from me. So you get more people to join Anchor.fm. You will not be disappointed because they will also put your podcast in other platforms and then make it very, very much easier for you. Have a great day, everybody. Guys, what's up? Um, guess what I'm doing? I'm doing my own edits too. I just contacted my friend, uh, Mike Kidd. I just saw him re-uploaded the revisit Prometheus. And I was like wondering, like, wait a minute, did you just re-upload this? I mean, did you just upload this earlier? And he told me there was some dialects he wanted to edit. So that, that was like, I said, like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> but um, then I just realized something about myself. Guess what? I'm redoing my Howling Part 1 review, too. Because I think I talked way too much in that review. And I feel like there was some things that I hold back on, which I should not. You know, that's not my style. You know? So, yeah, my bad, my mistake. But anyway, yeah, check my friend, revisit Prometheus review. Awesome review again, and I'm glad I got a different take on it. Um, as for the Howling review, for my part of it, um, yeah, I'm be doing this one. Um, I just found out some news also. Two things. I think I just mentioned it two blogs ago. Um, Screen Factory, aka Shout Factory, have a released version of Howling on Blu-ray with new special features. But the one I have is the DVD version, the special edition, which has DVD scenes and so on, just like the Screen Factory version. But if you want to sit with the regular DVD format, it's cool. If you want new interviews, then go with the Screen Factory version. Um, also, I also found out that the villain in the movie, the female villain, Marsha, she actually um, passed away, the actress, a couple, like, no, years, years ago, actually. I think it was 1997. I think she died of cancer. So let me just say, rest, rest in peace to the actress that plays Marsha in the, in the first Howling movie. And let me say rest in peace to her, and thank you for the memories, because... I consider her as one of the bad girls of horror, you know, in a horror movie genre, because she is a tough-ass villain, you know. But, yeah, besides that, um, let's get to the point. Um, the Howling, um, again, I can't remember how I come across this movie. I think it was on television, and then later on, I was able to see it on cable. Um, I know I like this movie. Um, definitely, I love the soundtrack. Soundtrack, they gave it, like, that old-school horror soundtrack, you know. But it, it kind of worked it for this early 80s movie. Um, you got a reporting Karen, played by Dee Stone. She goes undercover trying to find this serial killer, you know, to expose him and put him in jail pretty much. It's pretty obvious. And the cops kind of, like, lost track of her. When they were able to find her, it looked like um, Dee Stone's character, Karen, was about to get molested by the werewolf, you know. And then the cops came just in time to shoot the werewolf and kill him. And they were wondering what the hell is going on. At the time, Karen didn't know it was a werewolf, but as the movie progressed, it will develop to that. Um, later on, she sees the doctor, played by Patrick McGee. I think he was the old guy who played in the Avengers TV series from BBC. He played that spy agent, the old guy, with the umbrella and the cool round hat. Yeah, he plays the psychologist in this movie, and he's advising Karen, you know, you and you can take your man with you, go to his retreat, when up in the cabins in the woods. Yeah, cabin in the woods moment. Here we go again. Um, to recover and his seminars, and to talk about your problems, and then, 
you have all these strange things going on, like howling and howling around the woods and shadows moving around. And then later on, you found out that that this town is kind of inhabited by the werewolves. You know, that's what the movie is about. This is like a werewolf version of Salem Lot, I would say. Let's put it like you know, Salem Lot. The town was full of vampires. Howling is the same thing, you know. And you know, the werewolves pretty much kind of have like a little conflict among their own, the werewolf clan of the town, because it's like the doctor, he was in on it. He was a werewolf himself. He was kind of like the leader of the town, you know, and he, what his methods was like, he wanted werewolves to live among humans, you know, while you got Marshall, who's like the female villain, got the, and other werewolves feels like we can't live among humans. We are, we are animals. We gotta kill humans. We can't. You can't tell us to come out, come our ass down and try and control our energy. You know what I'm saying? Which you can see later on in the movie when it develops the werewolf conflict between Marsha and the professor, or the, I mean the psychologist played by Patrick McGee as they argue and go at it a little bit. But meanwhile, you got your Wallstone's boyfriend in the movie. Um, he got bit by a werewolf, which is which werewolf was turned which Marshall turned to a weapon bit um you Wallstone's man in the movie. And um he later he develops turned into a beast. And um in the movie also you got um you also invite a friend over because you got a friend, a female friend, a female friend's boyfriend doing like their own investigation, find out that the killer that they kill that that um the cops kill. He his body wasn't this. He pretty much escaped, and they was wondering where who is this guy, you know? And they come across this town pretty much because they also scared to call her friend to come over. Her, um, the friend boyfriend said he'll come over later, you know. But meanwhile, while you got the investigation going with the female friend part of it, and she finds out that there's werewolves, she was about to warn. Tell her boyfriend about it, and the whale was able to caught up with her. And you found out that the whale was Eddie, who was the serial killer from the first part of the movie, who was the whale that escaped, and he pretty much killed the female friend. The Wallstones characters get mad. Her man smacked her because she was telling her like a bitch, pretty much. And um, she was crying. She was about to leave town. She finally confronts a, a werewolf in the movie, but you can finally see a werewolf in the full form this time. And um, you can also get the cool werewolf transformation scenes. And they also throw an asset at the werewolf, so was able to escape. But then she got captured by the people of the town, who happens to be a werewolf. They were about to do a, like a ritual type of thing. Um, the female friend, her boyfriend, finally comes to the town and battles the werewolf and save and save the heroine in the movie Karen and help her try to escape while battling the werewolves to escape this town. You know. And later on, you get your twist ending. When of course you get the female reporter finally gonna reveal that she's a werewolf, and then the guy kind of killed her. Yeah, I mean, well, killed her actually. Or something to get to Halloween too, which you can see in my next video blog, by the way. And um, and you get your little twist there with Marsha, like she's alive. She survived the werewolf attack from the guy in the fire, and she says she want her meat rare. You know what I'm saying? And you get your outro with your hamburger being cooked. And guess what? Let me still say that that day yesterday when I was talking about this movie, I had a Grand Slam hamburger over at Concourse at the Courthouse Deli in the Bronx, man. Oh man, that Grand Slam burger was big. <laughs> you know? So it was kind of fun. I remember a hamburger watching Howling One. Epic, right? Anyway, the Howling One, go check it out. Um it, it is re-released in Blu-ray now by Screen Factory, so get, check that version if you want. Pretty much the same version as the DVD version I have. Difference is it's brand new interviews and the Screen Factory version. Anyway, peace guys, see you later. Hey guys, what's up? Today I'll be talking about Howling 2. And let me just say, man, if you tell me if I want to be a vampire or a werewolf, 
I would rather be werewolf because Howling 2 was the reason why, to me, werewolf movies were cool, you know? They're all werewolf movies that will make you want to be a werewolf that were cool, but back then, when I was a kid growing up, fuck it, werewolves was the shit for me, man, fuck it. Sybil Dannon, yo, you can't fuck with her as a werewolf. Gangster, 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 gangster. Plus, you got Christopher Lee in this movie also. Plus, this is actually a follow-up sequel to Howard 1. And, you know, I don't care what anybody says. Fuck the haters. I mean, there are people that love this movie, too. But there are also haters, like, saying that, you know what? This movie wasn't, like, they took it so seriously like Howard 1 did. I'm like, yo, shut the fuck up. Howard 2 was shit. I don't care. I don't care. Howard 2 was the shit, man. Um, Shout Factory, yes. I Like I said um, in my last review, Prison, um... Howling 2 have not got a Blu-ray treatment release and have not got a Shock Factory release, but Howling 1 did. So hopefully Shock Factory will be released. Um, not Shock Factory, but Shock Factory might pick up the rights of Howling 2 and, you know, hopefully give it a Blu-ray release with a lot of good special features and a new interview with Civil Daddy. And I'm all for it, man. Definitely. And I actually just emailed Shock Factory 2 on it. I was like, Shock Factory, please, uh, do a Howling 2 for the Scream Factory lineup, brand new special features, DLC if possible, interviews with Christopher Lee too if possible, you know, oh that shit would be epic. Um, wow, I'm stretching this a little long, right? Um, Howling 2, um, the picture, like I said, after one, you got the brother of the of the female heroine from the first movie, who's the female reporter, um, Karen, who died, when you see the end of Howling 1, she died, um, having a funeral ceremony for her, the brother, and the friend of Karen's looking on at the funeral, you know, while you get others looking on, you know, you get the two werewolf agents for the main villain is Civil Danny's character, and you also got Christopher Lee watching it, watching the funeral, who's like a hunter, you know. Um, movie, movie progress where Christopher Lee goes up to them, to the brother of the sister of the last movie who died, um, telling him, introducing him to himself, who he is, and telling him about, you know, like the sister. Pretty much like a fucking werewolf, you know, pretty much. So while um, you got that scene going, you also had another scene with the werewolf agents who work for the villainous um, werewolf named Subrata. Subrata? Can't say the name right, but it's, it's played, she's some dad, dad plays the character. The werewolf agents going around killing um, people in the club, you know, and um, use them as meat. And once Christopher Lee's character starts telling the hero of the movie and the hero of the movie about Werewolves, they do exist. We gotta kill your sister because they took out the silver bullets. She's gonna come back alive. You get the scene to the graveyard when um, Christopher Lee and two two other heroes of the movie battling off the werewolves. And Christopher Lee mentioned that, you know what, we gotta go to the dark country, which is Transylvania, to find the female lead, the leader, the werewolf queen, I would say, little bit simple than it. And now once they got to Transylvania, you got Silver Diamond's character, and then you also got the agents. The werewolf, I call them werewolf agents because they saw her, you know what I'm saying? Silver Diamond's like an old, the guy like looking like all old, and once they did the sacrificial ritual, like she sucks the energy out the virgin sacrifice pretty much. Yeah, without a doubt, virgin sacrifice. Um, she, her, her old body has become a young body now, and she controls her werewolves. She said, we gotta go after, and Silver Diamond's character, we gotta go after um, Christopher Lee's character, who's the hunter that's going after her, but, um, you also have the twist that the hunter is actually 
in the movie is the brother of the Queen of the Werewolves in this movie, and the sisters are called, and the sister, you know, some Sybil Danis character, while her brother's the hunter too. You, you know what I'm saying? They're brother and sister actually. So they're pretty much Kazuki's planning an attack to stop her and her clans of werewolf and kill them. Later on in the movie, um, the hero and the heroine got separated and the heroine pretty much got kidnapped from Silver Daniel's werewolf clan and she's gonna use her as bait to have her brother come to her and then with Christopher Lee and a couple of hunters they're gonna go to her base and find her and her army her army off to save the girl and defeat the werewolf clan once and for all you know and um, it's, it's a fun movie you know there's good werewolf kill scenes you know shooting stabbing good fights it's enjoyable fun action horror fight scenes pretty much you know, very fun stuff. Fun movie too, you know. It's a horror movie, but it's a fun movie at the same time. Definitely took advantage of the 80s generation, you know. I'm saying with the music and the style of shades. There's one scene when Christopher Lee has to go undercover in the 80s punk, punk pop rock club like when cool when we're in the cool shades. I'm like, lucky you not know there's an old dude in a, in a club like this, especially Christopher Lee, damn it. You know? But I just thought it was a one footy scene at the beginning, kind of like at the beginning part of the movie. Um, uh, Chris, I mean, Simple Danny's character, she got, she's a werewolf queen, but she also got black magic powers too. Like, she was making, like, sounds, which makes your ears, like, crunch and your elbows pop out. She can even control a mid, make a midget into a puppet, you know. But, uh, oh, God, very good movie. Anyway, Howling 2, just... Go check it out. Hopefully, Screen, Screen Factory or AKA Shout Factory will pick up the rights to it and make it into one of the Screen Factory line in, of Blu ray movies. That would be so fucking epic. Anyway, peace, guys. See you later. Hey, guys, what's up? Today, I'll be talking about Howling 3, The Masupials. And um, this movie, I remember this movie well because the first time I came across it was when my dad wore a VHS tape home. You know, he had a friend, and you know, they used to work in the movie theaters that did the camera work. And back in the days, man, if you know somebody, they hook you up, in a way, taping theatrical releases, like the actual theatrical format of a movie and video cassette. Yeah, we all know what they're called, but that was back in the days, by the way, guys. So so I came across Holly 3 because of that, you know. And um, it was kind of weird because it took place in Australia, if I'm corrected. And um, I actually liked this movie, you know. It, to me, I feel like it's underrated. A lot of people... Just totally trash Howling 3 because it didn't feel like a Howling feel to the movie. The movie was like horror, com had comedy elements, you know. And uh, I, I liked it, man. It was like, to me, you know I me mean? For this this type of movie in the Howling franchise, it's kind of weird. It actually had character development, you know, because you got like a scientist. You got a guy who's in love with the woman. You got the woman who's in love with the guy. Um, you also got a, a Russian ball ballerina dancer. Um, you also got the military, you got friends of the professor, so you got a little bit of character development in this movie a little bit, in a way, and um, wow, so much story, um, the movie starts off with this videotape, like from the early 1900s, but this well getting stabbed by these tribes, and this professor, he ended up showing it to a student, and he was hired by this guy to, like, like, a, you think werewolves really exist pretty much, so the professor's gonna prove his theory that werewolves do exist in a way, Plus, you got another story about this young girl who escaped from her tribe because the guy wants her and stuff, the leader of the tribe. So she escapes. She encountered this young man who's driving a car. 
he chased down want to become an actress in one of his movies that he was working on. And um, later on, they both developed a relationship. The young man, the young woman from the village called Flo, spells backwards, pretty much wolf, you know. And um, you also had these three members of the village going after the young girl to bring her back to the village, you know. Um, while they got the professor worked on this theory, you know, about the werewolf, they found out that uh, there was a fe young female, that she was a wolf. She mentioned of a town named Flo. The young female escapes, you know. You also find out later in the movie she was pregnant by the young man. So she's gonna have like a little baby werewolf. Um, the nun was able to get the female and bring her back to the village. While the doctor and his friend, with the help of the military, go into the village. And they end up capturing these werewolves to study them. And later on they want to massacre them. And um, the guy, the professor felt like it was wrong, so he released two of the two of the members of the village to go with him, you know, to his help help them escape from being massacred by these military. And um, while Chaboa, you know, the the young female who was over the young man, she ended up giving birth to the baby, and she found that her man was looking for her too, and she spied in the cave. They ended up spending time together, being on the run from the hunters, and trying to survive while this other old man from the village. Was protecting the young couple, battling the hunters by trying to transform to a, like a, a werewolf spirit, you know, like a powerful werewolf spirit he summons. Um, later on, he died, and um, the the young couple and uh, the leader of the werewolf village and the Russian woman who was a wolf and the professor all meet up in one place. They um, gave the the old man a, a burning burial, like they burned his body so he could move to the next life. Um, the the old, the old the leader of the village decided to walk off and decided to summon the wolf spirit himself become the bigger werewolf to fight off the military while he died and pretty much the rest of them um the the surviving members of the village and the professor and the young man who's love who's in love with Shibawa, they were able to live together into another place of the like to form their own little community with their own family. The young man decided he wanted to move on and he takes Chabot with him and his son to move out. They live in California. The professor and his woman and he has a daughter with the Russian wolf woman. And um, later on, and as, they, as they live in their life, the movie progressed a little bit later on when the son visited the professor, the son of Chabot and his father who was in love with Chabot. He grew up, he visited the professor. Tell him how he's doing, how his family's doing, and you can able to see them and see his mom on TV. She's gonna get the Academy Award, and then you get your twist ending with the camera flashing that Shabal reveals himself to be a werewolf in, in the worldwide media, and it was like a little twist, you know. Plus, you got the three nuns who are still alive from the village, you know, watching them on, watching them on TV. The professor's friends watching this on TV. The professor and his woman, the Russian werewolf, was watching this on TV. They were getting, was getting nervous and shocked by her, by Shibawa turning into a full werewolf when she was at the Academy Award. And, um, you know, and then she runs off the stage pretty much Shibawa, and then you get your credits rolling up. Um, all in all, Howling 3 Masukios, I felt like it was a really enjoyable movie. I, I actually liked the Howling 3, the third part of the franchise. I thought it was enjoyable, just like 1 and 2. And um, I know a lot of people hate on it, but, you know, I said give it a chance. And um, peace, guys, and see you later. Howling 4, man, um, love it or hate it, there's mixed reactions to this one. 
Um, it's definitely heavy on story, and it builds up to me. It's heavy on story, but it builds up towards the end. You know, I do love the werewolf with special effects makeup, like the effects of the werewolf, especially when it comes to transformation scenes and the look of the wolves. You know, even though there there's like some creature werewolf features on it, but they also like your regular werewolves. They turn into werewolves, but they turn into like those doggy like werewolves with red eyes. But it was pretty well done, in my opinion. Um, it's it's like supposed to be more faithful towards the original book than part than the first movie did with Evil or Stone, but still like four and one, and if, I, I went on Wikipedia on the book of the first of the based on the first movie, um, it's still nothing like the book. It just takes some concepts of the book and adds some of it into the movie, like what what part one did, and of course part four did it also. Part four actually added the town Drago to it, you know, um. The concept sounds pretty much the same, but this time you got a book writer. She's a female. She's still like this nun. She disappeared. She had like this vision, like a fire with a wolf head popping out. And then suddenly she just got crazy, you know? So the doctor kind of like recommend her that she goes off somewhere out of the city to recuperate. And her husband goes with her, you know, in the cabin. Yeah, there we go again. Cabin the Woods moment, <laughs> you know? And to recuperate, you know, around this town called Drago, which is pretty obvious. The town is full with werewolves, which is like pretty much you can you just know off the back, you know. Um, the town's people act they were act they like all friendly. You got the sheriff, he's like a tired ass, but you know, it builds up towards the end, you know. Um, the woman was crazy. The heroine of the movie, she started having a vision of the nun. These two old people that actually lived in the cottage before them. Like kind of like warning her about like kind of, kind of like trying to warn her, and then then later on in the movie, um, the woman meet this female nun who was looking for her nun friend, you know, and then later you find that nun actually died, you know, she was alive, but it's like the nun trying to warn them about demons and stuff and werewolves pretty much, and the nun was kind of crazy and they said she died, you know, um. So it's like the woman and the female and the nun's friend, you know, who died in the, like in the cabin, I would say, kind of like teaming up to investigate about this town called Drago. They talk about this bell, there's like 16th century old bell that was brought from Europe to this town. And there's a history of how the other town kind of like trapped these werewolves in the bell tower and burned them alive, you know. Um, the townspeople pretty much want to keep the, pe the, the two ladies away from the bell tower. For some mysterious reasons, you know, if you're out have secrets there, um, it's pretty much the movie's like an investigation, mainly just about the town, pretty much. And plus, you got the husband of the woman that, you know, he's trying to spend time with her, but then he's getting kind of like pissed off that she's talking about werewolves, like werewolves don't exist, you know. And then he's not seeing the shopkeeper, which is like a, she's also a werewolf, and she's like attracted towards the guy, and the guy's attracted towards her. So she started making out, and later on the woman, the shopkeeper woman, was also a werewolf, bit the guy, you know. So it's pretty obvious the guy's gonna come a werewolf later. Um, it's pretty much as the story builds up, you know, the woman, the two females, and plus the woman's best friend, the male friend, comes over trying to help out, you know, trying to do his part. And um, later on, he gets killed. Um, the, hu the husband of the a female book writer, the heroine of the movie, he comes out again and finally transforms to the werewolf, getting affected by it, 
while the whole town's finally form transformed to the werewolf form, like in one hour and twenty minutes towards the freaking movie. But still, I say like the drama part of this movie was kind of enjoyable to watch because it was like a horror drama thing and suspense. So it does build up. Um, there's also two hitchhikers that get killed from the movie, but you don't actually actually see their death scene. You know what I'm saying? So it's just easy like guessing. You know how they die, but pretty much by a werewolf attack. Um, later on in the movie is the woman and the female, like running to towards the town, and um, they teaming up to go in the church. They saw the doctor in the church transforming as well form also, and um, the nun told the woman that you know she wants to out. You know, I have to like bring the bells to all the werewolves coming to the church. I mean, like into the cottage with the bell tower, so you can have a church coming to the cottage while the, the hair and the female buck rider will have to set the car on fire and push the car towards the cottage to burn all the werewolves in it, you know. And then you get like a little twist, and then when the woman is like up to the fucking fire, she saw her husband dead, Richard, who, who died because he's a werewolf. And then suddenly a wolf just pop out of the fire like like he's ready to attack the female and then you hear credits rolling up. Um Halloween four, like I said, to me I felt like it was enjoyable for what it was. I mean it is more drama, heavy on story, um a little bit you see a little bit of werewolf action, a little bit of wealth, not too much. Uh, but you get more wealth action towards the end, like the first like maybe one hour and twenty minutes towards the end of the movie. So you gotta wait for the build up. But all in all, enjoyable to watch. Um definitely I see rented buy it. I mean, definitely buy it. You can get a price limit under $3 at least. So anyway guys, peace and see you later. Hey everyone, what's up? Today I'll be talking about the movie Howling 5 The Rebirth. Man, it's been so long I saw this movie, but truly, this is truly an underrated sequel and a really good one. Um, I would say this is probably the best from the whole series in my opinion. Um, let me tell you why. It has horror elements. So get me wrong, it's horror, drama, and you know what? It has mystery, and this movie builds on mystery, and um, th that's how good this movie was. It was simple. I feel like it was very fast-paced within one hour and thirty-six minutes towards this movie. It got pretty much to the point. Um, damn! Wow, that's it's amazing. I, I just can't believe it because it's so long I saw this movie, and I just can't believe how how awesome to really enjoy this movie once more. But anyway, this movie starts out with these people. A cast of characters, and let me just say they're all likable actors. You really get into these characters because you'll be wondering, like, you find like each of them had their own character development of who is who and what is what. So that's another thing. Got pretty much a little bit of good good character development. Work work up, work you over, you know. And um, just kind of invite these people over to his castle, and and the purpose of it of them getting to this castle because there's also a flashback story in this of the origin of the castle about. In medieval times, like around I think 1400 century, about these people dying into the table, and this knight killed his him, him and killed himself with his woman, and there was a baby crying, and you'd be wondering why the baby's crying, but to fast forward in the future, let's get to this part, and you got to cast characters meeting in a hotel, the kind of items to the castle, you know, and these people wondering why are we into this castle, you know. But um, they kind of mention something about like tourism, you know, and later on you find out like it's like a setup that kind of set the whole thing up because each of these people have like this birthmark, right? And um, they don't realize it until towards the end. And each of these characters start dying one by one from a werewolf attack, and you be wondering like 
who is this werewolf? And that's when the mystery builds up on because, like, who is this werewolf? I remember there was an old movie before Halloween 5, which had the similar concept, kind of like this, you know, about, like, who is a werewolf. It was an old movie. I can't remember the name of it. But I feel like this Halloween 5 brought back memories of the mystery, you know, like, who is the werewolf, you know, people, I mean, I don't want to ruin too much, but you have, like, like, one guy is, like, a count, like, he likes to take photos, one guy is a tennis player, you have this, naive, like, a naive actress, like, she's, like, sweet and innocent looking, and you have this beautiful, another beautiful actress, you have this black lady, <laughs> yeah, just to let you know, the black lady did not die first, okay, you have a professor, you have a count, his waiter, and his, and his, um, waitress, like, the maid, and then butler, I mean, excuse me, now wait a waitress, butler and the maid, sorry. But, um, as these people started missing, the count decided, like, he wanted to organize a search party, and started going underneath the castle, while the werewolf was killing these people one by one. And then, later on, the count and some of the survivors went back upstairs from the castle, and, um, started, like, some people, some of the people wanted to, go back to the tunnel to do some more searching while Count confesses that Yor was brought here by faith, you know, he had it, it was like this, he had like this organization called the Moderates that wanted to kill this, the last surviving werewolf, you know, and um, you know, people start arguing among, among themselves, wondering like, like, this, like the Count's blaming this one guy that he, he's the werewolf, and I'm not gonna reveal, I don't wanna spoil too much, but um, you're gonna be surprised who the werewolf is because it's like the least person, the least person you would expect. Let's put it like that. And um, Halloween Five was a really enjoyable movie. Definitely horror elements, but builds up more mystery. I feel like you will not be disappointed, especially if, you, if it's your first time viewing this movie. So yeah, you definitely will not be disappointed. I should give this one a chance, definitely. And anyway, wait, peace, guys, and see you later. Hey everyone, what's up? Today we talk about Halloween Six: Vampires versus Werewolves. Yeah, that's the tag how Vampires vs. Werewolves. When I saw this, I said, like, yo, I gotta see this. Because <laughs> you know when I like two supernatural creatures battling against each other, I think it's fucking epic. I like I like stuff like that. Um, let me fast forward. This is going to be the last Halloween series review I'm going to be doing. I will not do Halloween Reborn, and I will not, I will not do Halloween 7, The New Nightmare, because Halloween 7, The New Nightmare was horrible. And Halloween Reborn, I wasn't feeling it. Um, let me just fast forward to Halloween 7. What I think it, Halloween 7 was, I think it takes me after part 5. And the, the survivor from the last movie was going after the female werewolf from, oh, from the last movie. Oh, spoiler, I'm sorry. Uh, I hope you already see this with you first. But um, that's what I thought Hollow 7 was to me, you know. And the ending was pretty stupid because you got to wait all the way to the end for some kind of werewolf action. And when you see the werewolf action at Hollow 7, The New Nightmare, guess what? It wasn't even fucking all that. Um, anyway, yeah, I just want to fast forward that part. Meanwhile, let's talk about Hollow 6. Um, they say this part, this movie has a little bit with the book, with the because in part three of the book, they said they had a freak show, and in Halloween six they showed the freak show, you know, and um, the main villain in this movie is is a carny. Again, let me say spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. I will spoil it. Um, it's a carny, played by this actor. I think he was the actor from who played the villain in Warlock three. He was like the warlock in the third movie, and um, it's like every way. This carnival, this carny show goes in different towns. People end up dying, and um, they be wondering why. So mysteriously, you got this um, 
guy, this handsome guy, like a British guy, going to a, a town. One of the towns, people offer him a job to help him out build this church. And the British guy has a mystery, on, he has his own secret also. So he helps around the house pretty much. Um, the, the guy has a daughter who actually likes the British guy. Later on, they go to this carnival show run by the villain named Hawker. And you see all these different freaks, you know. Later on, while the British guy's in the house, he's turned into a werewolf. And um, one of the carnies saw the guy turn into a werewolf. So he got Hawker to come in and capture the werewolf guy. They kidnap him. They put him into his freak show, main part of the show. He, um, the Hawker used this crystal, and he turns into a werewolf without the full moon, you know. So he wants to use the whale for his own show and trying to control him. Um, later on, the, the townspeople kind of notice this mysterious, mysterious death going on around the town, and they blame the whale for the killing. So they start doing like a, a posse party, and then Hawker, which later on you find out Hawker was actually a vampire, and he has like like a he lives, his coffin is actually a couch in his trail park. So. When Hawker set the whole, th Hawker kind of like set the whole thing up with the posse going after the werewolf. The posse didn't want to kill the guy, so the Hawker got pissed off and he turned to a full-fledged vampire. And I like the vampire makeup effects. I mean, it was a purple, the way the vampire looked. I liked it, and I also like the werewolf effect too. I thought the werewolf effect was kind of cool, you know. And um, so then, while the vampire's going after the werewolf guy, he's beating him up because the guy didn't turn into a full-fledged werewolf. So the alligator boy was one of the freaks, took the vampire crystal, and he he says the words to turn the human guy into a full-fledged werewolf to battle the vampire, and then you had the vampire werewolf going at it, fighting, and then you got an awesome death scene with the vampire. I like, the death scene was simple, you know, and the battle scenes were good, and then at the end of the movie, um, the loner, the werewolf guy, takes the alligator boy, he walks off with him to the sunset while the father of the of the daughter who lives in the town looks on, you know. Um, Howard Six, um, The Freaks is definitely a good movie. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I said definitely check it out. Peace, guys, and see you later.